Welcome to the Swim Swim Podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, we've got a very special guest. We've talked to him before. Everyone knows who this guy is. He's an NCAA All-American for Stanford. He has, as we reported earlier in the week, he has not had your typical NCAA career, and it, it is continuing to pan out uh, right now in a positive direction. He, he, he gave us a huge update on Twitter the other day, and that's why we're sitting down and talking today to Grant Schultz. Hey, Coleman, thanks for having me again. Yeah, so so you were literally my first interview uh, when the pandemic started, and uh, so that was nearly a year ago. We haven't talked in almost a year. It's been like 10 months. Yeah, I feel like every time I see you, you have some different kind of hairstyle, some different kind (laughs) of, you know, facial hair going on, and, uh, you know, I'm just trying to keep up with you, man. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, what else can I do besides uh, when I'm stuck at home, you know? It's that's all I can do is just grow my hair. I can't, I can't train the way you do. So it's gotta be, that's gotta be my standout. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> so, so like I mentioned, um, you gave, you gave the world a huge update on you. It seems like things are going well right now, but you know, you, you've had quite a, a last 10 months, um, you know, break it down for me to, to take me, take me through these months and kind of these, uh, main ups and downs that you've gone through physically and, and, and in part emotionally, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, it's been a journey. Uh, I could say that for sure. So when we last spoke, I want to say it was in March. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I think I had just gotten home and I was still training with mission and mm-hmm. I was joking about how the fact that, Oh, you know, if things get worse, I'm gonna have to train in my backyard on a bungee cord. Well, yeah. for the next month or so, I was training <laughs> in the backyard on my bungee cord. So uh, I did that for about uh, 35 days. Um, okay. I was able to have David Heron at Mission Viejo oh, nice. come and, you know, keep me motivated, do a bunch of ab workouts, runs, um, would hold the tether uh, in our 12 and a half yard pool in our backyard and got into some pretty I got in pretty good shape. Yeah. And we're surfing a bunch. SoCal beaches were open and we're, we're going out four or five times a week. Um, and got pretty, we got a little bit better and, <laughs> and then, um, you know, pool space began to open up at mission and, you know, got back into training. And I think, I don't think I ever told anyone this, but, uh, our first workout back, I don't know, must've been kind of late April. I believe. And we decided to do, you know, our first lap back, our first, our first practice back, we did uh, a cold Turkey hundred free and see what we can go. And, <laughs> uh, you know, speedo from the blocks and I popped out of 46 one and it was, you know, that's about a second and a half off of my best time. And I was pretty excited and got to the wall and, you know, huffing and puffing and, uh, coach Hubert yells at us. He's what are you guys doing? You have like 700 more to go. <laughs> and so, yeah, needless to say, it was like, 
I don't know if uh, it was the best thing to do initially, but it was just a cool thing to realize that, okay, you know, we've, we've trained the last month, month and a half by ourselves or so. And, you know, we, we still have some, some good swimming abilities. It's not all, it's not all gone. And it sounds like for the most part, um, other athletes, other swimmers, like track athletes, tennis players, like everyone kind of did their thing, you know, still motivated by the Olympics and motivated to, you know, see what they can do so they can put themselves in a position to make that team. And, um, as history has unfolded, that is, uh, it has not gone to waste at the moment, but, uh, it has been delayed. So, um, that, yeah, that was the beginning of the summer going to the beginning of the summer. Yeah. That's dude. 46, one for <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty stout. <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. Turkey hundred. Yeah, I was proud of it. I mean, that's faster than I, what I would go in, you know, hundreds at dual meets, uh, in college. So I was, I was stoked about it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, it sounds like you were able to stay in shape, stay in touch with the water, you know, practice your surfing skills, which no one's ever going to be mad about. Um, and then, you know, you were kind of already coming off of this shoulder surgery and then you start having more shoulder pain. Was this in the summer or in the fall? Yeah. So what happened was I got a good three weeks, a month into training and right around my birthday. So beginning of June, uh, we had a nice, uh, Urbanchek color set and he was there for that. And like right after that point, I, I was just getting a lot of tendonitis, um, in both of my shoulders and it was around the checkup point for my, uh, for my other surgery that I had, um, and just get it kind of like renewed, checked out by our local physician in Southern California and went in just expecting tendonitis and whatnot and to, to do some physical therapy, um, and just, you know, kind of stay on top of it, stay on top of it because at Stanford, you know, you can go in, go into the training room or any other university, you can go and get worked on. And you didn't really have that, uh, because we're all home. And so I went in and right shoulder, you know, tendonitis of long head of, uh, your biceps tendon, whatever I expected that. Uh, and then I go to my left shoulder. I was having a little bit of issues with it, but very similar to my right side. And I tested positive for every single, um, labral test. So I, I had bad symptoms. Like I couldn't, like, I was shocked. I was really caught off guard and, um, doc basically said like, Grant, like, this is not good. Um, this is, this is basically the same diagnosis that I had before with my first surgery. And so was very surprised, um, didn't really, really know what to do and uh, decided to get, drive up to Stanford to get an MRI because um, I could get in very quickly and um, MRI revealed a slap tear again. And so um, it was, it was really tough because I felt like I had done so much to, you know, work back and get myself in a position to, be competitive again. And I felt like over quarantine, I had invested so much time, so much effort, so much mental effort into, you know, coming back and 
it was a huge like wind taken out of my sails um, and was able to get like a, a time for uh, surgery, which ended up being like a, a week or so later. So we're into, or two weeks later. So that's into the month of July, the end of July. And uh, same, same surgeon that I had before that I had on my right shoulder going in said, you know, you've been through this, you know what to expect. Um, we're going to hope for a similar recovery time, but since you've done this before, it should be a little bit less. And I said, okay, like we're going to do this. Um, family came up from Southern California, prepared to take care of me for the rest for a week, two weeks, because at that stage after labral surgery, that kind of surgery, um, I can't do anything. Um, I, I, I'm pretty, uh, dependent on other people as you can imagine. And so, yeah. um, yeah, I came out of that surgery and I got good news and it was probably the best news that I could have gotten. Um, like, a a, le- a lesser procedure, less, uh, less time out of the water. Um, yeah, mentally it was a huge, uh, paradigm shift. Wow. I mean, yeah, and that's, that is huge. Um, because obviously you knew kind of what to expect going in. It was going to be a similar thing, but I mean, yeesh, how, how long was it between the MRI and the surgery? Because I'm guessing that period, I mean, were you, were you training? Were you able to train during that period? Did you want to train during that period? I mean, I'm guessing you were at, at, at a pretty big low, like you said. I was training hard. I was, uh, <laughs> I really didn't change anything because in, in the water, I would have days that, you know, the tendonitis was a little bit too much. Um, but I, I didn't experience the same labral pain that I had before. Um, and when we decided to have surgery, the reason why we opted to have surgery was at that point, my tear wasn't bad enough that I like really needed to have surgery. It was one of those things that if I continue to train the way I'm training in six months, there's a good possibility that I'd have to have surgery. And so if I wanted, you know, to give my best shot at, you know, even having an NCs or uh, having a good race at trials, uh, then, you know, that was the route that we wanted to take. And Um, because of that, um, my tear wasn't as bad as it could have been. And so if we had delayed everything, um, you know, I could have had to get the same surgery that I had before. And I could have been out for, you know, really nine, 12 months till I'm like really back. And because of that decision in terms of getting on top of it, um, I was able to, you know, save, uh, probably six months of, you know, tough, a tough go. <laughs> yeah. And, and so then you get the surgery, you get the good news, which is great. And, um, and then take me through, you know, I, were you, were you out a couple of weeks? Like you expected, were you able to get back in the water sooner than expected? Yeah. Um, I, so with my, my, with my previous surgery, it took me about a month and a half, two months to raise my arm to 90 degrees. And I was able to do that within a week of surgery. So 
you know, this thing was, uh, this is awesome. I was so, I was so excited and like my, my attitude was, uh, was up there and I was, I was back moving my arm in, in the video that I, that I shared on Twitter. I think that that was probably my third or fourth day back. And I was able to like move my arm, um, as before I couldn't, it took, it, it probably would have taken me two and a half months to get to that point. So, um, I was, I was probably back with full arm rotation, probably a month after surgery, which was wild to me. Yeah, that's, that is wild. Uh, but congrats. I mean, that's, that's great news. And so then, you know, when you were getting back in the water, um, was, was there hesitancy? Was there fear at all of like, uh, what if I pull something? What if I, you know, mess something up again? I mean, coming off of, two, you know, pretty big shoulder injuries. Was that, um, I mean, was that fear there? It was there a lot more with the first surgery because of, uh, not to get into the nitty gritty, but they, uh, they did a lot more in terms of like suturing to the bone, um, putting bone anchors in. Um, so there was, there was a lot more involved in the first procedure than the second procedure. And in the second procedure, just think of, uh, someone vacuuming your room, kind of tidying everything up. Um, that's essentially what they did. And so I was, I was less afraid than I was the first time. Um, and I, although it was a different procedure, I kind of knew the ropes and bounds of what to expect. And I, <laughs> I, I guess given my personality, I always try to push the limit. Um, but not trying to fight science. And so I was probably in the upper bound when it came to uh, what I was supposed to be doing, um, but never being reckless. Yeah. And I mean, that kind of, obviously after your first surgery, you got back to the kind of training that you had normally done. Um, you know, after having a second shoulder surgery, albeit, you know, a much smaller one, um, what it ended up being, I mean, are you, are you planning to just head back to training the same, you know, to ramp up to the same way you had been training since then? Yes and no. So when I was at mission, I was doing a lot of IM and at what would have been 2020 NCs, I was planning on some of the 400 IM instead of the two free. And so I was trying to transition into the distancey IM kind of swimmer that can also swim a, uh, swim a 100 free. So I was aiming for that and post-surgery that really changed things. Um, even now I, the most I could really swim butterflies, maybe like a 50 or 75. I just, um, it's really, it, it still is really hard on my shoulders. Um, it's not so much the stroke, it's just pushing off the wall. So I do have my limitations mm -hmm. And I'm familiar with it, so I can still uh, do the things that I want to do and work out. And I guess now avoid those IM sets, which I guess in you know the large the large scope of things isn't the worst thing. Uh, you know, I think a distance workout can be a little bit nicer than an IM. Agreed. <laughs> I, I am sets are intense. I mean, they, yeah, we've talked about, I am sets with lots of people and, you know, it's like, dude, they'll, they'll kick your butt for sure. But that that's interesting. An interesting piece of trivia. What prompted the change from 200 free to 400 IM in your, 
theoretical NCAA lineup? Yeah. If you look at Pac-12s or NCs, whenever I've been at those kinds of meets, I don't really have a great 200 free. And I think that my bread and butter has pretty much been the 500 free for the last six, six or seven years other than 200 fly. And I have, I just haven't been able to produce a 200 free on the, on the second or third day of competition after the two fives and just the transition and speed uh, between what I have to put up against guys that are, you know, more fresh that can swim, you know, the 50 and a hundred um, I'm not very competitive anymore. And I'm somewhat competitive, you know, on the four by 200 relay, but after those two good 500s, um, I just, I just haven't been able to produce. And so um, the thinking was, is that we, we switched to a race that is more or less the same speed as the 500, which is the 400 IM. And I've, I've had a good 400 IM in the past. I think I was like a 16 year old or so like long course. I was a, I was a 430 or something like that. So I'd always had this good IM base and my limitation is backstroke, but as my underwaters have progressed, um, it, I've been able to hide it a little bit more. And so, um, that's a great part about those kinds of races is sometimes you can hide a stroke that you can't do very well. Um, but not if you want to be the top dog, you know, the you know, Chase Kalish's of the world, the, you know, the, the Fosters, you know, they're good at, they're good at everything. And so the hope was, is I could sneak my way into like an A final and, you know, kind of, you know, pick up those points, but not expecting really to be a top dog. Sure. Yeah. Makes total sense. Um, and then were you, would, would, would the last day still be the mile then? Yeah, it would be the mile and then the four by hundred free relay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. So that's, uh, it's pretty similar to what happened at pac 12 last year. I, I didn't have a great mile, but then was able to put up, um, like a good four by 100 free. And then in the, the pac 12 invitational the next day, I was pretty, I was pretty tired, but still put up a, a time to qualify for NCs. Nice. Um, gotcha. That's, that's interesting. And so obviously that, like you said, that plan has changed a little bit, but, um, I mean, tell me what it's been like since this surgery, just back in the water, obviously one of the other tidbits you posted, you, you went a best time in the thousand free eight forty four in practice, which is flying. And, uh, you also went one fifty point two in the 200 free long course. And you had done these time trials before. Why, why did you choose to target these two events specifically two different times? Yeah. So I think that I didn't have a decision in the first time I swam the thousand. So oh. <laughs> that was not my doing. I was put into that. And, you know, we had a, we had a good squad that was doing the thousand where with the, the men and the ladies uh, in some kind of like inner squad kind of me. And so just put up, put up a thousand and, I, I was okay with it, you know, nine, nine double O early in the season suited. It's, it's not bad. I was, I was okay with it. And, um, I, I swam a horrible race <laughs> in the 200 long course right after that. You know, I, I, I mean, truthfully, I've gone faster in practice from a push at that point, 
um, mm-hmm. within that time. But um, yeah, not a good swim. I, I just, <laughs> I, I just wasn't in fantastic shape. Yeah. Gotcha. And then, you know, we've, we, we've had a couple of races with Cal and whatnot. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't like, you know, I, I only swam the, the thousand and the 200 long course free. And then I only swam the thousand and 200 long course free again. Um, yeah. I think I had like a 500 in there um, somewhere in December. I think I was maybe four eighteen. So um, I, I guess, I guess it was just little bullet points to kind of refer back on. And um, the, the only thing that was intentional about the races was that uh, they wanted me to swim the 800 free instead of the thousand this last time. And I said, heck no, I'm not doing that. <laughs> Uh, that's, that, that's a long race. And I, I, I was pretty beaten down. And so I really, I really did not want to do that, but it will probably line up, um, in the next couple of weeks to do some kind of 800 race. Yeah. So, so you, you do the thousand, I mean, we're you, like you said, you were tired, uh, and you go best time. I, what, t- I mean, tell me about the race and tell me about your reaction to that 844. Yeah, I think. I could have gone faster. I think, I mean, point one, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I didn't know what to expect. I told the guys, they're like, Oh, like, how'd you feel? And I said, I didn't know if I was pacing an eight thirty nine or an eight fifty nine, Um, because I mean, I was swimming by myself, um, really had no understanding what I was pacing. I had paced something similar to that in practice. And so I guess I'm not completely caught off guard, but um, you know, we, we had a lift that morning. We were, you know, still, still putting, um, uh, putting, putting good work into practices. And so I was, I was okay with that time. I think that I don't, I, I don't think they've updated the USA swimming database in a while. And I, and I try to like, look at like what that time is. And I, cause I really don't understand thousand times because no one really, no one really races it. And so, yeah. Uh, with that asterisk next to it, I think it was like a top 15 time. Um, so I think that that's good. So we'll, we'll <laughs> take it. We'll take it for now, but we expect to be better uh, the next time we put that race together again. Yeah. And I mean, again, the, the context here is that you're coming off of your second shoulder surgery again, a more minor surgery, but you know, this was uh five, six months, you know, down the road from it. Um, I mean, obviously it's been a weird year and there's been these ups and downs of like, Oh, pandemic can't go in the pool. Oh, I need a second shoulder surgery. That's going to take time to recover from. Um, I mean, for where you're at right now, do you feel like those things ended up benefiting your swimming as a whole? Yeah. What it's really done is, it's allowed to create this kind of special environment that we have at the pool right now. I, I just got, just got out of a team meeting with these guys and um, you know, we're all living in the same dorm. Um, you know, we're, we're a pretty close knit little community that we have on our team. And, you know, it's, it's just been fun. I think that, you know, that's, that's something that that's changes, you know, we, we appreciate going to practice and, we're, we're in the most strict County that there is in the entire United States. And you, you not are not allowed to go outside and basically see anyone, even if they're on your team. 
Um, you know, you're masked up six feet apart. It's pretty strict here, but um, it's, yeah, I've just been having a blast to be completely honest. And I think that one of the blessings that, you know, this whole pandemic has given us, obviously there's a lot of not so great things that are going on um, in the world, but, you know, in our little, little team bubble that we have here, um, it's, it's, it's been like kind of like our own little oasis and um, all the guys have had very good attitudes. And um, some days it's like groundhog day, um, you know, not, not a ton going on besides swimming school and applying to jobs and whatnot, but um, it's still, it's still a good time. And yeah, I think I'm just thankful to be around like a, a team that, uh, that puts their best foot forward. Yeah. I mean, it, being around people in general right now is such a luxury, right? I mean, like you said, uh, a lot of people are stuck in their house. A lot of people don't, you know, can't even inter- aren't allowed, uh, by law to interact with other people. And so it, it, you know, having a team I'm sure makes a huge difference. And, you know, the last few people I've talked to on the podcast have talked about how, I mean, it's, when you simplify it down, a, a happy swimmer is a fast swimmer, I think. And I think that applies to a lot of different things outside of swimming as well. Um, but can you tell me a little bit about just the, the culture you guys have, or, or you know, the, that little bubble you talked about? Um, obviously, it seems like the team's more grateful to, to have each practice and to have each other. And, I mean, what's come of that? What has what is, what is the training environment been like these past few months at Stanford? Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you about one instance. Uh, I think it happened a couple of weeks ago, right before Christmas time. Um, some guys uh, had, I guess, had finished the quarter about a week or a couple of weeks beforehand. And some of the guys were like, I mean, some of them were ready to go home. You know, it, it had been a long time since they've gotten, gotten back, but we were still, you know, having a blast at practice. And I've, I've never seen so many like best times or like competitive times in practice than I, I don't think I've ever seen any, um, this, I don't think I've seen this many. And so the sprinters were doing some kind of set down at the far end of, um, our long course pool. There were some short course, but they're about 10 lanes over. And one of our freshmen pops, um, like a 22 50 fly. Um, and like the guys, the guys go absolutely crazy. Um, and I'm, I'm on the other side of the pool and I'm doing basically like re- repeats of five hundreds and, um, me, <laughs> me and this guy, my, myself and this guy, um, he's one of our freshmen, Preston Forrest. We call him Chongo, um, because this man is just an animal and, uh, Chongo felt, uh, like a very good name for him. And, and we're, we're pacing like mid 30 or high to mid thirties, um, on our 500s. So like four thirties, four And I see Ethan who just, uh, just kill it on his 50 fly. That was the freshman on the other side of the pool. And I got fired up and I pushed a uh, four twenty five, um, like mid set, um, I still had more pace fifties to go and I was doing pace fifties before that. And, 
I was just absolutely fired up to sell it and all like the guys were just as excited as I was. And I think that that is something that I haven't seen a lot of um, and something that I think makes this team really special is that, you know, we kind of live for each other right now. We like, if someone has a good performance in practice, like, you know, like we, we feel like we're uh, included in that swim with them, you know, we're with them. And so I, I just think it's special. Um, and it's made, it's made coming to practice a lot easier. It's made, you know, this quarantine lifestyle, what it is, this little bubble that we have so much better. And um, as, as a 23 year old being surrounded by and motivated by some guys that um, are barely even legal age, um, <laughs> you know, it puts everything into perspective. So it's been fantastic. It sounds like a good time. <laughs> and, and, uh, I mean, it sounds like, you know, I, I was, as you're saying this, I'm thinking of things like, you know, the, the other day there were reports that like the Olympics were canceled and, uh, and I think those reports were kind of shot down within 24 hours. It's like, no, 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 we're still planning on having them, but honestly, who knows? Right. And there's, there's so many factors you can't control. It seems like, like you said, someone has a best, a, a best time or a best swim in practice. It's like, you got to celebrate that now because that happened <laughs> and we don't know what's going to happen in the future, but like that best time that happened. So like everyone's in it and it seems like you guys have, have kind of, uh, it, uh, mastered, mastered doing that and, and, uh, gotten really good at just kind of appreciating what you got in front of you. Yeah, definitely. And especially, the fact that, you know, we don't know when our last day is, we don't, the, the season can be canceled tomorrow. And so the last practice that you just had might be your last one. And you go to bed hoping for another day that you can swim with each other, but it's not guaranteed anymore. And similar to the surgeries that I've had is, you know, you, you have to appreciate everything. Um, I think that when I, when I, when I came out after my first surgery and I, and I spoke about, you know, what it's like being back in the pool and like what it means to me, I, I said something on the line, along the lines of, you know, if my swimming career were to end right now, you know, I, I could accept that. And I think that the importance of swimming right now is um, whether your career is done or you still have a couple more years to go is, you know, uh, appreciating everything that you got the chance to do and uh, appreciate being around each other and, um, in like sharing part of your lives with each other and, you know, appreciating the hard practices and the bonds. And it's, it's just, it's just something that just can't be taken for granted uh, at the, at the moment, because, you know, and the blink of an eye can be taken away so quickly. And um, I experienced that with injury, um, experienced that with Corona. Other people have experienced that with um, like similar similar lines, but to uh, a higher degree, uh, much more serious than what I've been put through. So it's all about perspective, I think, at this point and just being grateful. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below 
and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.